It's a phrase from popular movies. It's also a question that comes up in our daily life. The question is, is that even legal? We talk about the things that drive you crazy, the things you won't believe, and the things you need to know and understand. I'm attorney Bob Sewell, and this is the podcast, Is That Even Legal? Let's get started. Today on Is That Even Legal, we have Ingrid Carlin. Ingrid Carlin is an attorney. She works at Davis Miles McGuire Gardner, and she works to provide the contract services for a company called Legal Shield. And, and what that basically means is she works in a position where she's able to provide affordable legal services for the average consumer. I'm very passionate about access to justice. Just getting a lawyer to look at you if you if you have a legal problem, getting the lawyer to to say, hey, I will meet with you can be a problem. It, and it's so cost prohibitive. Sometimes they won't even meet with you unless you start agree to lay out big time bucks. And so what Ingrid does is she tries to help people, you know, gain s- some access to justice and right some wrongs at an affordable price. And so welcome to the show, Ingrid. Hey, thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. I am honored to be a guest on this legal podcast. That's one of the greatest out there worldwide. So I hope I can provide some helpful information for listeners out there. Absolutely. No, I Um, really respect what you do. and, and, and And I appreciate you complimenting the show. I will pay you for that compliment later. Okay. I, you know, I promised you and I will pay you for it. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I can't wait. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you're right about what you said though, because what we do, I started with legal shield, prepaid legal access to justice, like 19 years ago. And what people do is they pay like a minimal monthly fee to basically have access to me and about, for us, several other attorneys in Arizona, you guys are um, have more than us, but to talk about any legal issue and then at no charge, basically, they pay this minimal monthly fee. And um, I love that. I think that's one of the reasons I joined 19 years ago, because, you know, whether you're rich or you're poor, um, you pay, the, you have this monthly amount that you pay and you can call for any question without having to throw down what, like 350 to 400 for a consultation. Yeah. And it even gives you things like estate planning, something I'm very passionate about that really helps you in your life. So you're not having to come to an attorney after there's a problem. That's right. And yeah, we provide, you know, um, a will um, as part of the membership and power of attorney and healthcare directive. But for bigger things, we will refer um, at a discounted rate to people like yourself or other people in the firm that do trusts and other estate planning. So it's an amazing resource, really. Let me ask you Um, a question. I I love legal war stories. And it's one of the things I love about older older attorneys. You're not an older attorney, but I do like to hang out with uh, attorneys that have practiced for like 40 years and hear what they have to say. They always have some insane story. or it, And so I want to hear some war stories, okay? Okay, it, yeah. You, Let you, me talk about a couple. Go ahead. You, you told Did me you? once about, you know, the, the magic wand you waved about some New Mexico tax lanes. Tell me about it. 
Yes. Yes. So one of our clients, his wife had died, I think uh, a year before, and she had, um, uh, a business that owed some money. Well, anyways, uh, New Mexico and our state tax and revenue had put a $14,000 tax lien on their property. And he had called me and said, you know, is there any way we can get it removed? Um, and so we did a little research and I said, yeah, actually there is, let's go ahead. And I have a contact. I don't know if I want to say that out loud, but I emailed um, someone that I knew at New Mexico taxation and revenue. And within 24 hours, um, they went ahead and took off the lien and our member was just so happy and thrilled and couldn't believe it. And for a tax story, that's just unbelievable even to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because it, anyone who's ever dealt with a tax and authority knows it's, it's, it's the black box yeah. you can't see into. Yeah. And he had been trying to contact someone there. And of course he's getting the the other customer service line and he's sending documents in and trying to negotiate and talk to them. And and it just, he was coming up against a wall, but he called me and we found a little, another piece of law um, to help him. And, and um, that turned the key, turned the tide. It's it's leveling the playing field, right? Those types of things That's so good. is so leveling the playing field. How does that make you feel? Um, it actually makes me feel really good about what I do. I mean, I think that for people that don't, um, there's, there's basically the fact that an opposing party has an attorney can be easily intimidating for the person that doesn't. So when that person that doesn't have an attorney can have access to someone like me for just a small fee, it really makes a difference to them. You can actually feel how relieved they are just talking to you about their issue. Even if, you know, I end up telling them, Hey, this is terrible. What's happened, but there's actually no legal remedy to this. Cause sometimes that, I mean, a lot of times that's what I have to say. Um, and then there's also a large perception that someone without an attorney has no chance. So to them, the justice scales seem tipped against them if they don't have any kind of legal help. So just knowing they can have some advice and consultation helps rebalance those skills yeah, of justice. I, yeah, I, and I, it, it really does. Just knowing which buttons to push makes a huge yes. difference for the the consumer of the law and and even when they hear hey you don't have a case at least yeah. they can make an adjustment in their life right i mean at least That's they right. can make intelligent decisions going forward just knowing hey there really isn't a case for you and you need to move on and not waste any more financial or emotional energy on this issue right i mean do you that think is that so makes good. a difference i mean we're legal counselors right but i mm-hmm. feel like as part of legal counseling, we give this advice that's almost counseling that like, hey, don't waste this emotional energy. Don't waste this time. You've done all you can. And we're there to tell them, hey, you've 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 done it all. And now you can walk away knowing that you've tried it all and and, you know, feel peace about the fact that, you know, there's not really anything there if there's no legal remedy. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's so true. I mean, one of the questions I ask people and this is not a legal question. I ask them when they become my client, I say, okay, what's our goal here? What's your goal? That's and, so good. And do you, and is, um, are among your goals, because I deal with a lot of family disputes, do you yeah. want to have Thanksgiving dinner with this family member? That's so ever good. Ever again, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, 
and and if that's a goal, then they're then that person, you know, my client's gonna have to give some things up and maybe swallow a little pl- pride, and frankly, yeah. maybe forget about exacting revenge or getting what is just because something because that's yeah. not a just goal right i mean that's that's a personal goal i want to have thanksgiving dinner i want to bury the hatchet i don't care about the money you know right that's different that's and we deal with that too i mean well people will call in and um they have a legal remedy they have a case they can they can get the discounted rate um you know uh, referral attorney we've done our letter and someone hasn't responded and we talk about those things too like look at the cost versus the benefit of this which includes do you want this is a family dispute do you want to keep this relationship going because it may not if you continue forward and how stressful litigation is. We get to tell them, you know, just because you have a case doesn't mean that this is going to be peaceful. This is actually more stressful once you start. Um, So that's kind of where we field our. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I had that conversation yesterday and then there's a bit, I represent a business guy and, and he says, well, what would you do if you were me, Bob? And I said, well, I'd do the math. Frank, his name's not Frank. That's so good. I love that. And I would say, hey, look, you're spending X energy, X number of hours, X number of dollars on lawsuit. And what you really do is, you know, you you make these widgets or you do this activity and that's how you make your money. What have you lost? And, And, you know, and how much does that cost? And then make your decisions on settlement based on this formula about your opportunities that you've lost as well as your opportunities. And sometimes you pay the extortion. Even when you have the good case, you pay the extortion so you can move on. To, and- I'm taking notes here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> These so, are all so good. One of Same. the places that people, you know, there are two, the average consumer spends the most money they will ever spend on two items. One is a house uh-huh. and the other one is a car. Those are the two biggest purchases almost every consumer will ever make. Yeah. And the car is particularly problematic, right? Because it's a depreciating asset and we need it to run and we need it to run well. Yeah, You get that call a lot, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we do. So every at least once a week, I'll get someone give me a call um, about a car that's not running well. And, you know, um, most people may not know this that listen to this, but the deadlines for filing um, or writing a letter for an issue with a car are as little as 18 months for a new car. um, And I think 15 days for a used car here in New Mexico. So when someone calls me with a car issue, um, I'm, you know, going to see if I can find out and find and help them. Well, one of the guys um, that called me or one of the clients that called us um, had, was an out of state. So legal shield is intrastate. So they have legal shield offices in every state and a Texas legal shield member had, our client had called us or was referred to us. So basically he had brought his car to a dealership here in uh, New Mexico for, to fix the engine. Of course, they didn't fix it right about Five minutes as he drove off the lot, the car was smoking and he went back in and said, hey, my engine's not working. And so they said, you know what? That's not our fault. 
you need to pay for a new engine. And so they had him pay like six grand for that. And he called me and said, you know, this, this was their fault. And so I remember it was during kind of before Thanksgiving holiday. And we, we just did a letter right away um, to the dealership and within three weeks, which is unusual with car dealerships, they had an attorney contact us and say, we want to settle for, you know, the cost of the engine. Um, He was so happy, but he wanted to also collect lost wages. And so we went went ahead and referred him to one of our in-house attorneys here to help him collect lost wages as well. So he was really grateful for that. Um, oh my gosh, that's a fantastic result. I mean, it for, is. First, it of all, is. first of all, I want to cover some things that's really important here before I talk yeah. a little bit more. What are the deadlines again? Um, and it's 18 months for a new car. So statute of limitations, um, if you're having a defect, I mean, there's some tolling involved, but, and then 15 days for a used car. Um, and so this was way beyond that. I think this, I don't even know what year this car was, but this was a faulty, it was work that they did, um, did incorrectly on the engine. So, um, this was a little bit of more of a, I was blaming them for negligence, but and then another case I had, um, the guy, the deadline was way past, but we sent a letter anyway and said, hey, his paint's peeling on his car. This, You guys know something's up. We we questioned that. And they were like, yep, we're going to settle. Um, and, and they actually fixed your... the paint? Or did they, yeah. what they do? Yeah, and it was like seven years later, you know. So that in and of itself, you know, was something that even shocked me. You know, they didn't want to deal with any kind of legal um because uh, I had asked them for some evidence and they didn't want to deal with that. And they said, you know, we'll, we'll pay for a new paint job. We don't admit anything, you know, but, um, and that wow. was for a new car that was, well, six years old, but. Yeah. And there's so was- many pitfalls along the way. I mean, I had, I had a issue with my car and, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, you know, at 50,000 miles of on a 60,000 mile warranty, right. I have major engine failure and I take it to the dealer and they say, you have major engine fail- failure X and I won't bore you with the details. Um, and then I drive it for another five, 10,000 miles and I leave the warranty and, you know, the same exact symptom. And I say, and, and I say, Hey, this is the same thing. This is the same diagnosis, wow. same thing as you diagnosed last time. But it's on the other side of the engine. It was a, it was a V6. So I won't bore you with the details. The other and side of the warranty? The other side of the engine. Oh. It, was, it was just, oh. I won't bore oh, you. Oh, a different part. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But it was the same thing. And I said, shouldn't you have caught that? And I, and I had to yeah. really, you know, walk them through that you should have covered, you should have fixed it in the first place and yes. and then negotiate with the you know the the dealer and I had to get an expert involved to explain why they missed it and I had to and I had to then go back to the uh you know go back to you know the the uh, manufacturer and get them to make an agreement with me and it, you know it took some phone calls and some emails and um and a little bit of effort but most any but people just aren't attorneys they don't know which buttons to push they don't they don't. And they walk away with, there's nothing I can do. A lot of times with dealerships too, and I don't know if I can say this, but they'll, people will bring in their defective car and they don't know, you know, legally they can do something and the dealership will say, well, why don't you trade it in? Let's get you into a new one. And then you're more in debt. And so, and then that car's out there and I don't yeah. know. So I really love that they can call and, and, and sometimes we can't do anything, but you know, at least they've told us their issue and they feel relief that they've tried. 
you know. One of the one of the things that people really get, you know, you know, wrapped up in, or things get really messy for them, is a lease. You know, where we live is so important, right? I mean, we and we want our place, the place where we live. We want our landlord to be fair, and we want our landlord to fix what's broken, and we want the home to be or the or the apartment to be maintained. And there's so many pitfalls along the way, and and so much is built into these contracts. And you don't know when you sign the contract as as a as a lessee, you know, the the person trying to lease a house or apartment or whatever, you don't know what that actually means, right? Right. You don't have the experience to understand it. You don't know the interaction with the the various state laws and how all that works. Have you ever so had a, something come up like this that you needed – they needed you to address a lease? Yes. I mean, I think weekly we have a landlord-tenant issue. And I would have to say those are sometimes my most stressful and heartbreaking cases just because there's sometimes – you know, there's not a lot you can do. And then sometimes there is, and sometimes a letter will work. In this particular case, I had a lady, um, a client that had moved here from Ohio and she suffered severe oxygen deprivation. She didn't realize how high the altitude was. And um, she had to get out of her lease. Like she was health wise, had a, a letter from the doctor and they, there's no remedy for, you know, if you're sick, um, you can get out of your lease. I mean, that wasn't in there. Um, and it never is. And so, um, she had told me a few other, you know, I, I kind of asked her about other issues going on and I like to talk to members and, and, uh, and get all the facts out. And a lot of times when I'm talking to them about the issue they're calling us about, they tell me about something else that they didn't realize was a legal issue within the same fact pattern. And, um, in that particular case, she had six months left. They wouldn't let her out of the lease. And there was another issue that the um, landlord uh, was not allowed to do. Uh, and I brought that up to his attention in a, in a letter and said, hey, you can't do this. And you got to let her out of her lease. And um, they did. They let her out. And um, she saved like $12,000 and got to move back to Ohio and didn't have to pay the remainder of the lease. And it wasn't necessarily because of her disability. It was because the landlord was actually trying to sell the home while she was in it, which is a whole other story. So um, had it on the market. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't do this. Um, I love but I love the legal technicality stories. I mean, it's it's but I mean, that just goes to show you what the value of understanding the law is. I mean, because it wasn't that you it wasn't that you could solve what she viewed as her problem. Right. You solved her problem by by taking a holistic view and and it's so creative i love it because a lot of yes. attorneys would have said no that's not a that's not a breach of the lease good luck see ya bye yeah no and i was gonna that's funny that you mentioned <clears throat> that i think with legal shield and i mean i know you're traditional so you may operate differently but i i remember in the traditional side of things when i had clients um you know i'm billing 
every, you know, per hour. So every minute, every second counts. And, and um, yeah, I may not have gone, looked at it as holistically, talked to her as much to find out uh, more information, um, you know, uh, but with Legal Shield, they get up to a 40, I mean, up to an hour sometimes consult and um, consultation. And I'm not sending them a bill for that. That's, you know, my hourly rate and, um, or any attorney's hourly rate. And it's, I feel like we have a lot more time to, to listen to them, um, whether they have even a legal remedy. And I know at the beginning, half the time they don't, but I'll listen. So it's just valuable. So what do you, what do you want people to know? I mean, you, you've been in the business of trying to get people justice, trying to get yeah. people the, the, the information they need. What do you wish people knew, you know, going into, life. I mean, from a legal perspective, you hear all the stories over and over again. What's the one story it's sticking out in your mind and you're saying, I wish people knew X. I wish people would call (laughs) us before they sign a contract. (laughs) Even with Legal Shield, they don't. They call us after the fact. So I wish people knew, you know what, you can tell elite elite landlord or um, anyone that's asking you to sign anything, hey, I need 24 hours to think about this. You don't have to tell them you're going to send it to an attorney. Um, but you can say, no, I'm not going to sign this right now and have us review it. I mean, that's part of the benefits of having legal shield. Um, I, so that's one thing I, I wish. Um, I also, you know, wish that people knew that if, even if they have all the evidence on their side, that that they could still lose the case. <laughs> I don't mean to be a downer, but a lot of people call and say, you know, I have all the evidence on my side and I agree with that. But a lot of times I have to remind the clients that opposition disagrees with them and they think that that they should lose and that they have their own version of the story. And even the judge waking up on the wrong side of the bed can really yep. affect your case. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, you get the wrong judge at the wrong time. And and I tell people that the vast majority of the time I could tell you, you know, a window of possible decisions a judge can make yeah. on the case. I could say I, I'm seeing these facts and I could objectively tell the client the judge can make these range of decisions, right? Once in a while, the judge pulls something from left field and yeah. you don't see that coming. And um, and you can't see it coming because it's from left field. And sometimes it's contrary to law. And yes. because judges are human too, they make mistakes. Otherwise, there mm-hmm. wouldn't be an appeals process. Um, but yeah, you're, you, you never know on an outcome. Yeah. And if you find an attorney that tells you you're going to 100% win your case, I would run. That's run. what I tell my clients. Run. Because you just don't know. And I think, oh, another thing I would tell, I wish they knew is that a lot of times people or clients or members will call in and think that, okay, if a hearing is a half an hour, the lawyer only needs to charge for a half an hour. Um, And so I I always like to explain to them that, listen, just because a hearing is a half hour, an hour doesn't mean that they don't prepare for the hearing and just the logistics about being an attorney. Yeah. um, That's. That's always yeah. nice to try and explain and remember to, that people don't understand that usually. Yeah. I will say, you know, we do homework for a living, right? We Yes. <laughs> that's what we do. We do homework for a living. Uh, Literally. I, will, I will say my – my uh, I had my son come into the office with me one day and uh, 
he uh, was watching what I do and he was doing his homework on the other side of the desk. <laughs> and uh, he looks at me in absolute disgust. And he was a young boy at the time. He didn't understand it. But he looks at me in absolute disgust and he says, is this what you do all day? <laughs> I said, yes. Yes, I. this is what I do every day. I sit here and I read and I write and I do homework. And he's like, your job is boring. <laughs> you know, I couldn't believe it. I was like, listen, you you got it. Listen, I know it's that highlight. And you're a litigator. You go to court. I don't I don't even do litigation. So, yeah, yeah my nephews are like, what? What is going on? You know, they don't they don't really know. Ingrid, thank you for coming on the show. It's been fantastic having you. Oh, thank you so much for having me and representing uh, Legal Shield. We love you guys. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Is That Even Legal? Remember, this isn't legal advice. If you have a legal question for yourself, reach out to an attorney. Remember that we're fun, we're lovable, and we are here to help you. To my listeners in 62 countries across the world, if you have something you want to explore, email us at producer at evenlegal.com. And don't be shy about leaving a review for this podcast on your favorite podcast forum. See you next time.